Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. All right, ladies, we are ridiculously excited to share Blair Lindsay with you today. Blair, thank you for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We're going to say that word about 500,000 times <laughs> on this episode. So everybody get ready for episode 21, The Secret to Your Feminine Magnetism. Make sure you are sitting down and you have your notebook out for this one because you're going to want to track everything. And I just have to share quickly that Blair came into my life because she happened to be dating a very old friend of mine. She's now married to him, <laughs> Chris. And on Facebook, I see this gorgeous, you know, drop dead gorgeous like magnetic woman that he's dating and i have to of course check her out and was immediately moved by your work and your message mm -hmm. and i'm so happy for you and chris and now i'm so happy that kate and i get to share you with all of the women listening to the new truth so blair is a feminine embodiment and leadership coach who helps women overcome self-doubt, feel sexy as fuck, and create legacies. In her online programs and in-person trainings, Blair draws from a background in classical and neo-tantra, yoga, dance, and trauma resolution to help women access full body presence and inner to outer radiance. Blair holds a BA in social sciences, is a 500-hour registered yoga teacher, a certified coach, and a somatic experiencing trauma resolution practitioner in training to be completed in 2021. And every time, well, first of all, wow, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just like so epic. And when Kate invited me to do this project with her, I had no idea how big of a movement this was going to feel. And we couldn't possibly capture the depth and the story of your whole, like every time we interview people, it's like, how do we start from the beginning, right? Like first I was born and then I ended up <laughs> at a Tantra school. Right. And so with that said, I just think there's something super special because when women are listening, we have to give permission that your story can, everyone's story starts somewhere, right? There's a, there's an ignition, a light where we step out of the matrix we step out of old paradigm ways of living. We have some kind of spiritual awakening. And I'd love to jump in with any moment, Blair, that you want to start with of like a major turning point for you in your life that set in motion, you know, how you got to be where you are now before we jump into an amazing conversation about feminine magnetism. Well, first of all, thank you so much for this introduction and all of your words. Um, you coming into my life was a, a beautiful moment too, Catherine. You just showed me in so many ways what was possible and you've always been so gracious. You have this gift of seeing in people what, what I think is hard for, for us to see in ourselves. So I really want to appreciate that. Super grateful to be here. Um, and I think it's a good point to start. Uh, why don't we talk about that photo that we just pulled up? <laughs> yes, I think yeah. we should. 
Yeah. So right before this call, Catherine was like, Kate, you have to see this photo of, of Blair because she looked really different. And we were talking about my hair. Um, but I showed a photo that was probably mm-hmm. 21 or 22. Um, and I just want to ask, is it okay if I, um, can we put a trigger warning here maybe that it's okay to talk about sexual trauma and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but, um, it is a big part of my story. Mm. Um, so at 21, I was, uh, had short bleach blonde hair, always had red lipstick on, was kind of like a wannabe femme fatale, but more of a wannabe (laughs) than like an actual one. Uh Um, work, I was just finishing my degree, working at a bar, drinking every night. Um, (sighs) I can even feel like my heart start to race as I start to talk about it. It's still, it feels integrated, but it still feels tender even. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of drugs, lots of partying. Because around 20, maybe earlier, I started to have uh, flashbacks of childhood sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And it was the sort of thing that was triggered by a traumatic event. So it was like a traumatic event and then this cascade of, of memories and a lot of confusion, um, which led me to the only coping mechanism at the time that I knew of, which was drugs and alcohol and um, kind of having these like masks in public of like who I was letting people see of me. And, um, and, at that age was when um, I met someone. I met a woman in a yoga class, a teacher, and it was like the first vision of someone that I was like, that's, that's actually what I want. I saw so much of what I didn't want in the world that I was living, but then I saw this woman and was just like, who are you? You emanate something really different. Hmm. And she was so kind to me. I would come in hungover to her early morning yoga class, reeking of, this is when you could still smoke in bars. I'm oh, sure I just, God. Resting. And I she still was remember just, that. Oh, ah. she was, <laughs> I know. Oh, but she, um, she t- treated me preciously. Mm. You know, it was like before I'd ever seen a, a good therapist, before I'd had any kind of tenderness. And she made me feel like I mattered. And um, I was like, okay, who are you? What is your story? I want to be like you. And she had uh, traveled abroad for 10 years. She'd met her husband abroad, now owned this yoga studio. So I bought a one-way ticket. I was supposed to start law school in the fall and I bought a one-way ticket to India and was like, I'm just going to go on this adventure and see what happens. Um, And the first place that I ended up really serendipitously was a, a tantric yoga school. And it wasn't like the most amazing school. I don't recommend it. Um, (laughs) This is in India, in northern India. Yeah. So it was just this like really big initiation into a totally different world. Law school traded for Tantra. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. New paradigm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Overnight. Mm. And I remember like talking to this astrologer in India and I was like, no, I'm I'm going back. I'm going to be a lawyer. And he just (laughs) laughed in my face. He was like, no, you're here to help women. Hmm. You need to start belly dancing. You're going to teach Tantra. And I was like, you are fucking crazy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And so that was just like a real turning point because um, I left an old paradigm behind. I realized that something new was possible for myself. And it was kind of this opening where it was like, you know, the, the more beautiful world that I knew, I always knew was possible. There's actually a way, there's a pathway. There's a, there are people living that. Well, that is quite a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love, it's so interesting. I woke up this morning thinking about, and I didn't know you were going to share that about this yoga teacher, but I woke up thinking, knowing I was going to talk to you and, and being with Kate in the new truth movement of how important it is for women to have examples of what's possible and like how powerful that is when someone else reveals what is possible and how that my healing journey, all I saw were women being overworked, overtired, stressed out, so dim in their light. And then very slowly found people. And that was it. It wasn't just like, who's Chris's beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> right. And, and not even just when I met Kate of like, who's this beautiful girl. It was like, this girl is so bright. <laughs> like Kate was so bright. You were so bright. And, and I, it's just amazing. I love that. I was thinking, um, you know, when women get trapped in the jealousy comparison, it's usually because like it's when we're focused on the outside versus when, when you're coming from that magnetism, that's when you can, I mean, people can still be jealous of you, but, but you evoke more um, inspiration, you know, like where people are just like, what is, what's different about you? I've had people ask me that so many times, like what, there's something about you that this light that comes out of you and that actually inspires people, mm -hmm. you know? It gives other women permission to shine as opposed to um, being trapped in the physical realm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one thing I want to add too is I, I love that we're talking about this, by the way. Um, I really try to make friends with jealousy. Mm -hmm. Like jealousy is something that I experience all the freaking time. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that that made me a bad person, that like I had to push that down. And now, um, I mean, it still sucks sometimes, but I really try to look at it as like, what is this showing me? What is this showing me about myself? What is it showing me about my, my yearning or what I'm desiring or what this person is doing that maybe I have a deep desire to be doing? Um, and not make it like a, a bad thing. Even. We just did an episode on that. Our last, literally our last episode <laughs> oh, yeah. is jealousy and comparison and how it's just revealing these, these shut down aspects of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. You're right after that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's perfect. I just, it's been such this beautiful journey because let's jump in on like, what is magnetism then? Yeah. Right? Like what is magnetism for you, Blair, or even feminine magnetism? And then I think we're going to have to talk about what is feminine. But yeah, for you, totally. what is magnetism? Well, I feel called to actually talk about feminine first. first. Is that okay? First. Of course that's okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no agenda. <laughs> I am in the middle of running this summit called the shadow side of the feminine. And I'm I've been talking to mm. tens, 20, 30, 40 people about what the feminine is to them, neuroscientists, body psychotherapists, psychologists, Jungian analysts. Um, so I think it's important because there's a lot of, there's a lot of charge behind that word. Yeah. It can mean a lot of different things. So for me, feminine is this energy that's alive in all things all people, all things in the universe. And at this particular moment in time, feminine energy is not, it doesn't have the same platform as masculine energy because we do live in patriarchy. And I don't love that word. I don't love that categorization, um, but it's helpful in some ways, right? Like we, what do we, prioritize in our world. We prioritize efficiency, productivity, um, authoritative leadership, hierarchical leadership, um, power over, right? And, and the feminine to me is, uh, and it's not even that one is good or bad. I think we're just living in this time where the masculine is so overbearing mm -hmm. and we don't have a lot of context 
or even examples of the feminine. So the feminine being that part within each and every person and thing that is uh, feeling rather than doing, that is power with rather than power over, that is power as a, a circular thing, you know, women in sitting or men sitting in circle versus a hierarchical ladder. Mm. Um, it's uh, regenerative. It's cyclical. It's getting back to the, one of the most primal feminine archetypes, which is the earth and, and getting back to our own uh, deep nature as well. Like the masculine is, is really front brain logic. The feminine is like back brain feeling. What am I sensing in my body? So that's my, my definition of it. And um, I don't think you can really set, for me, you can't separate the feminine and the magnetism because magnetism for me is the feminine, mm. right? Like there's a certain kind of awe that the masculine can inspire. Like you look at a leader and you're like, wow, look at how she speaks or that, um, that wisdom that's coming through. But there's something about the feminine that is... Um, when someone is inhabiting the feminine, when they're embodying it, when they're living it, it is magnetic because it is life force moving through them. It's not uh, front of the brain words coming out of their mouth. It's embodied presence. And so that's why I think you can see um, you know it's the difference between hearing two people two people speak, they can be saying the exact same things, but like the person who's saying it with aliveness and passion and experience and um, a certain embodied relevancy, like they've lived it, they're mm -hmm. going to inhabit those words really differently or very different than someone who's just speaking from like a sheet of paper. Um, so yeah, feminine magnetism <clears throat> to me is inhabiting ourselves, being in the body, being um, present, not just in a mental sense, but transmitting this quality of feeling and, and being, which in a world where doing is everything um, is, yeah. is actually quite unique. Yeah, and that's why those people stand out, like the, your yoga teacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And in this way that our brains almost can't even uh, comprehend because it's yeah. not a cognitive process. And that's why what you said, Kate, of like, I don't know what it is. There's just mm -hmm. this thing. That's why it's yeah. like um, there's a certain level of uh, – I don't know, mystery around that because the feminine is in the shadows in many ways. Um, yeah. But, but you feel it. People feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a mentor. We, I actually used to work for, I used to do business coaching um, specifically with workshop leaders. And one of our programs was called Mesmerize Your Audience. And it was about how to be really how to bring all of yourself to stage so that you're completely irresistible. And my mentor used to say, but when she'd sell the program, she used to say, you know, that woman, or it could be a person, but usually a woman that walks into a room and you're like, I don't know who she is or what she's selling, but I'm buying it. Like, I want to buy whatever that woman has because it's, it, it's so irresistible. And that's why the word magnetism mm -hmm. is such a powerful word. Cause it's just, you feel like a magnet to the, yeah. to the energy. And yeah, it's such a rare it's such a rarity because everyone's in the hustle and in the do, 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 go, 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 that they, you see someone walking through the world a little bit slower, actually, you know, in their body, experiencing yes. their experience. That's the sexiest thing in the world because nobody else is. Everybody else is on, you know, in their head, 10 steps ahead of where they are. Hmm. I feel like okay. even listening to you, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be amazing comparing the way we've been in like other interviews to the way I feel right now, right? Like you emanate 
something. And the three of us are now being transported into a whole new way. I think this is the calmest I've ever felt on a podcast <laughs> episode. Yeah, you seem very calm. Your voice is so <laughs> like, And like, that's, that's it. And actually, like, that's been the gift Blair has been in my life of, of modeling. Because I used to think, and, and what is true... I was totally the woman. I remember being at my first women's retreat. I was the youngest one. And this retreat was called Women's Mysteries. And I felt like I was transported into a completely different world that I had ever lived in. One, how healing it was to be around older women that had, had just not only now arrived in their feminine, but had left the like obsession with beauty the chasing proving maiden you know energetic and I just spent the whole time like bawling my eyes out because every woman was so beautiful and I could feel that that was inside of me too and that's something I really want to bring and what I think you represent like just in your work is a lot of women can look at because this was me for a long time like she has something I don't that feminine thing is not accessible to me like I don't even know what that is you know because I had right my lineage of women in my life are all martyrs right are all overworked stressed out you know women and so there's something I can feel what's alive in me through what you're bringing I mean being with Kate in Vancouver like I'm laughing in ways that I had never laughed before because it's the ignition of we are all one but we're all bringing it through differently and feminine magnetism is when you touch the essence of who you are when you're no longer proving anything. And I feel like with this secret to your feminine magnetism, every woman has to arrive in that, in that place of I no longer have anything to prove. I'm not mm. trying to get your love. I'm not trying to get your attention. I'm not trying to get you to like me. That to me is what magnetism is. Of when, when I'm no longer in that dynamic, which I don't even know if I would call masculine, I would just call it like wounded, right? Like in, in the, I'm so lost to who I am. And, and that's at the core of the message of the new truth, because most dating, coaching, most teaching is like how to get his attention how to get him to commit, how to get him, you know, to hook in with you versus here's, you know, how to set up your life so you just can get off that train. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and really, I wonder if we could move into, because I think this is something you feel passionate about, Blair, of like what it's taken to end people pleasing. Right? Because it feels Ooh. like, because this, because the magnetism for me is really in, when I'm not trying to prove anything to you or get you to do anything for yeah. me, let alone like me. <laughs> yeah. And as you're saying that, <clears throat> what's coming up for me is, so when we're not trying to prove something, what's left? What do we do when we're not trying to prove <laughs> or get or convince or manipulate or control or get a certain outcome? Um, and the thing that comes up for me is, well, then we get to enjoy this fucking Yes? Day. Yeah. We get, I was like, we pleasure! Pleasure <laughs> and fun! Yeah. And we get to an experience. And we get to live the life that is meant to be lived through us. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, the, what your belief systems are, but I really believe that life is this incredibly intelligent, benevolent, loving force. And we didn't come here to, um, to please people or to prove anything. We came here to live a very unique expression. It, it's like that quote, um, the Martha Graham quote, like there is this unique force that will mm. only ever be lived through you. Through you. And right. so it doesn't matter what it looks like and you don't even have to be the judge of it. But if you don't bring it through, it will never be brought through in the same way. And like, that's where pleasure really comes in is like, okay, so what do we enjoy? What do I enjoy? What, what does feel mm -hmm. deeply good for me in my body? Um, I feel like pleasure is also one of these words that has a lot of connotation. Um, and that it's, 
most simple level, I see pleasure as um, like what feels really deeply aligned in our being, like in a way that we just go like, mm, that's it. Right. So I'm, I'm even thinking like in certain ways where um, like in my business, for example, right. There's like certain things that don't feel super yummy all the time. I'm not like in this constant state of orgasmic pleasureness, <laughs> but there's like something so satisfying when I get this thing done or I put this message out that I'm like, Oh fuck, that feels so good. Right. Like, yeah. It's not me sitting around like chasing my endless desires and like mm -hmm. chasing my tail. It's like what, what like literally drops me into a deeper sense of aliveness and is nourishing and regenerative and restorative. Um, I'm like, I'm like turning myself on even talking yeah. about it. It's like such a being yourself. So That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And the life force that moves through when you give yourself that opportunity is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And a huge part of it is being willing to let go of that which is taking life force, being willing to let go of the toxic relationships, toxic mm -hmm. friendships, toxic places, people, experiences, but like being really honest with yourself and, you know, those things that. I mean, not that, like you said, with business, of course, it doesn't feel pleasurable in every moment, but you know, what, what are what do you have in your life that you're tolerating? Mm -hmm. That's actually taking your life force. Totally. Oh my God, Kate, I'm so glad that just feels like a big exhale. <laughs> that is such an important piece. Ooh, yeah. In order to have what what is aligned and feels good, I must be willing to let go of what doesn't. And almost every episode, because our message is all moving from old paradigm to new paradigm and what you actually have to face to move out of the old paradigm, right? The old paradigm, which says, my God, your life is not supposed to be about pleasure. Your life is supposed to be about finding a husband and having babies and settling down. <laughs> right for for women and and this I, I really God I really appreciate that you just said that Kate because I'm someone with major trauma history and addiction issues and and only painful relationships and honestly it was actually through spiritual practice so I did go up and out first <laughs> I didn't go I didn't go toward my body first came back around later um, but the gift of spirituality took me to okay, I deserve to be happy and I get to feel good. Like I had to actually believe that and believe that I mattered and that I was put on the earth for a reason, that the, there was a divine presence that cared about me, which walked me to the trauma resolution work and the embodiment work. And I'm still on <laughs> that path, but I did have to get to like, I'm allowed to feel good to be willing to align my life to that because that was nothing I saw. <laughs> like that was not in my circle. That was not how any of the women in my life were living until I walked in to a personal development workshop. Like until I was attending yoga retreats and women's retreats and was committed to finding the other examples for what was possible. And so being I'm allowed to feel good, making the tough decisions on letting go of what doesn't move, you know, keeps moving me, yeah. keeps moving me. And even Kate, like my God, Kate was like, we're going to do this podcast because it's fun <laughs> because it feels pleasurable. And my first thing is like, okay, what are the things we're going to do? We're going to get this done and this done. <laughs> and, this done. and Kate's like, no, we're going to have fun talking. Like I, I totally still default and so i'd love like both both of you kate and blair because you both embody this for me like you are the models for me of like what does it look like what are daily pleasure practices like how does someone even begin this path because i'm sure there's women like me too that are like wait what i could have a life that feels good right wait i'd have to actually let go of this like low-hanging fruit guy that's just dangling bs attention towards me that doesn't actually light me up and fulfill my soul and and 
I don't feel alive, you know, with this person or this thing, you know, like what does, what does a pleasure practice or feel good practice? Like how do we do that? What does that look like for you too? For me, the first thing, the first thing was um, taking my focus off, like no longer operating from should, Mm. because should is always about it's your ego and it's about the other person and my whole life like i i was not like this before i I was always good at receiving we've had that conversation but my whole life was about making everybody else happy not me and so when i made that switch that's when Mm. my life got really pleasurable when i really really got that my life is not about other people it's about me and that the more pleasure I allow myself to experience, the better everyone around me feels. Like, I, the better relationships I have. It, it actually, as women, I think that the whole martyrdom and we're so conditioned to put everyone else first. But when you put yourself first and you, and you uh, cater to your own desires and your own pleasure, it actually transforms all your relationships with your children, with your colleagues, with everyone. It's like that, mm. that was the biggest turning point for me, for sure. Mm, so good. I, I really resonate with that, Kate. Um, I, what comes up for me is following my yeses. So um, rather than being really focused on what I don't want and what doesn't serve, and um, which has its time and place too, right? But really following the yes, like that, oh, that feels good. That, Mm. that entices me, that inspires me. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked about the dynamics of human design. I was just going to say, do you know your human design? (laughs) I'm like, you're a sacral generator? Exactly. Yeah, I knew it. That's so funny. (laughs) So following yeses for me is super important. Um, following the yum yum. (laughs) So funny that you said that. We got to get down the line. We're going to have a human design expert. We just started a conversation about it in the new truth movement, Facebook group, but it's that right. Like one of the aspects, I feel like we can just bring that part in of like one of the aspects is how the different types make decisions right? Like, and, um, for I'm manifesting generator. And so mine's uh-huh or uh-uh, <laughs> you know, and like that and, and recognizing over and over and over again, that life, I mean, beyond feminine masculine principle, but life is set up in the matrix of, of human behavior. It's literally, we're all supposed to be the same. We're all supposed to want the same thing. We're all supposed to look the same. We're all supposed to have the same path, right? Like this is, I have a whole beef on like, if it's not fuck yes, it's fuck no. Well, actually, no, I might not actually, that might not be my design, (laughs) right? And, and this place of, of so much permission and that we have to be willing to actually discover who we are long before we're going out to find right what's true for other people and we get to find what feminine looks like for ourselves we get to find what our own magnetism looks like for ourselves and it was a slow unfolding for me to end the people pleasing stuff but i found every time i took the risks to to actually reveal who i am that is mine for me was it's like reveal my truth moment by moment by moment reveal what i want follow what I want. And even my parents didn't even want me to be an entrepreneur. I got, I got a lot of beef when I called and was like, I just paid 80 grand for a master's in public health. Ooh, just kidding. (laughs) I'm starting my own business. Like two years after, you know, graduate school, my parents were like, what is happening? I'm like, yep, that's it. (laughs) Bye. And so, and I think that's even revealing ourselves online. Mm. Um, you know, speaking our truth, let alone to people in our lives. And, and there's something to be said. That's why I'm just so grateful you brought that up, Kate, about like being willing to, you know, let go of what doesn't feel good. And that's the practice, right? Love is a practice. Living an aligned life is a practice. And it doesn't sound like you, I mean, gosh, Blair, what you're bringing through is like, right, there isn't an arrival point of, of anything. 
Yeah. It's mm. so, so powerful. So powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what you're speaking to about um, letting go, uh, or you're saying revealing your truth, letting go of what isn't your truth. Um, what comes to mind is that it's really a process. That it's, it's a process of, um, and something I really wanted to speak into was that it's not an easy process and even following pleasure is not an easy process. No. Right. You, people might hear that and be like, Oh, well, isn't that nice? Like, no. you know, good, good for that person that they, they're allowed to do that. <laughs> it's like, no, like we fight for this. Like you have to fight for your pleasure in a sense. And there's also this component of when when we open to what feels good or when we make that decision, I want to find what feels good. It also often involves a certain level of de-armoring, right? Like the armor that we've worn for a really long time. That's like the armor of, I can just get through this. I, you know, like the numbness, the not feeling that, a lot of us have had to put on myself included for so many decades just to get by. Yeah. So the busyness, the busyness, my armor was just being busy all the time. I wouldn't have told you I was numb, but you better believe I was, you know, fighting <laughs> to, to, to a push away, right. The low level anxiety, depression, misalignment. <laughs> And my armor was like, well, I'll just have bleach blonde hair and red lips and <laughs> become yeah. a lawyer and be untouchable. And like, if yeah. I'm the smartest and the best and, you know, then nothing can hurt me when, right. and then when I let go of that mask or those images, um, it was like, wow, I am so sensitive and so vulnerable And uh, things hurt a lot, you know, like the things that I didn't want to experience or feel before, if I want to feel the the pleasure and the goodness, I actually have to feel the other stuff too. Yes. (laughs) If you take your armor off, you're going to feel it all. Yes. (laughs) Like little kids do. But they move through it. They move through it when they aren't resisting their feelings and they're just allowing them yeah, in the women I work with, I always see, you know, it's, they usually fall on one side or the other. Sometimes there's a blend, but it's like, sounds like there's one side or the other here too. It's like heart closed. I've got it. I can do it. I'm independent. I can do this on my own. I don't need a man. I don't need love. I don't need anyone, you know, and they're, they're missing their magnetism because their heart is closed. And then there's the women like what I was when I was in my 20s, heart wide open. Oh my gosh, I love you all. Save the world, but like no boundaries, right? And so still no, my magnetism was, was you know, taken the wrong way and I got taken advantage of a lot and, and um, yeah, and ended up attracting a lot of narcissists in my life because I was mm-hmm. the one who would tolerate it all. And yeah, I really see this, the both sides of the coin and it's really and some women are both but it's about getting to that place in the middle where you can walk through the world with your heart open and know how to stand for yourself and know how to set boundaries and know how to speak your truth and know how to say no when something doesn't feel right and say yes when something does feel right and have the courage to so it's the the combo of both yeah yeah absolutely and what i hear at the core of that is worthiness Yes, totally. And our worthiness is here, not out there, not yeah. in the guy, not in the job, not in the relate, not in the marriage or the wedding or the babies, but it's here. Yeah. Innate worthiness that says like, no, I'm not available to that. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, I'm worth a lot more than, than that relationship or the way that you're treating me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I, I, can speak from my own experience and also in my own practice, I think that is uh, a core 
core wounding and core superpower that can't really be separated from pleasure actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's at the core, uh, like I maybe would jump to say at the core of a feminine wound. I know you don't like the word patriarchy, but I think that's what's because of patriarchy. That's what's in the air because inherent in patriarchal messaging is women are less than. So how could I possibly feel worthy if by nature of being a woman, the message is you are less than and you don't have value unless you look this way, weigh this much and have stay young forever, uh, stay young forever and have a boyfriend, right? Let alone if you actually love women. God forbid you you are a woman who loves other women. But <laughs> I go listen to Amanda Renee's uh, episode. But I th- and and like honestly, what's true for me is I couldn't because I think we should talk about this for a moment. I didn't find my worthiness by like walking around saying I am worthy. Like I didn't get to it by only by affirmation. My path was first spirituality. When I touched the truth of who I was and that I belonged to life, unworthiness became impossible. Like it just became an impossible thought because I believed I was created by the divine. And then I made decisions. Worthiness, unworthiness becomes impossible when every day I'm making a decision that aligns with worth. Yeah. Right. When I'm acting in accord with a woman who knows she's worthy, because you could be saying I am worthy, you know, affirmations all the time. But if I'm saying yes, when I mean, no, I'm hanging out with people who don't feel good. I'm, you know, signing up for, for things or spending money on things that I think are going to make me happy. Then worthiness also feels impossible. So I'd love, cause I think this is important. Like what was the journey for each of you or like what's the practice of self-worth because i think that's really it for me too again a practice of aligning with who i am and then you know worthiness is acting like you matter right Mm -hmm. that is the path to owning your worth for me that's what i've seen and what i walk my clients through Mm, beautiful um I really hear you on that level. And for me, what made the biggest difference was the somatic work. Because what you spoke of in terms of patriarchy is, uh, I I couldn't agree more. There are messages, small and large, subtle Mm -hmm. and overt, that we get from the time we are born into this world as women. Uh, And all of those messages create these tiny and big ruptures Mm. in our sense of self and those instances and memories get stuck in our bodies so our body is this unconscious vehicle of our mind Um, like you said I can say I'm worthy and worthy and worthy and be speaking from this part of my brain but if my body doesn't know that and feel that and have digested the experiences where unworthiness is lodged um, then it's, it's pretty empty, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So for me, the somatic element of, uh, doing the, the nonlinear work because somatic work also isn't like, Oh, let me go back. And, yeah. um, this time <laughs> when my mom did this and, you know, it's, it's so in the moment, it's very spontaneous. Um, there's an intelligence that lives in the body. When you just give it space, it will heal exactly what needs to be healed. And the exact perfect amount, you know, if you're being held by a a skilled practitioner, the exact amount will come up that you're ready to digest and integrate. Um, And slowly working through those stories in my body, which is also kind of a cognitive process, but mostly through the body with, uh, with a loving female figure was so important because a lot of my body trauma was around um, womanhood, my own relationship with my mother, like mm-hmm. her sense of worth, my matrilineal line. So having this, this woman who was um, like an elder for me, hold me in that space to do that work was like, mm-hmm. 
so everything so healing and and such a reframe of how I saw myself how I see myself Kate what about you beautiful yeah somatic experiencing has been huge for me too um so many things I I I definitely the healing the deeper layers in the body because the body stores trauma and and all of that um human design and astrology were huge for me because my whole life I just looked at everyone else like I want to be everyone but myself and just like why can't I look like her why can't I act like her why can't I be smart like her and I I just had the worst lowest self-worth um possible I believe well maybe there's worse but I I hated myself and um human design and astrology and and having a mentor and friends who deeply deeply saw me what I couldn't see before I met my mentor and we had, you know, there were highs and lows in our relationship. It wasn't all sunshine and roses. We two women, you know, two powerful women coming together. But before I met her, I just, I, I thought I was stupid and I, I didn't think I would ever amount to anything. And I had that anxiety start at a very young age. Like I, at 13, I was trying to find my life's purpose because it felt like all my friends were really smart and I didn't have what they had. And so when I was in, I was in a counselor's training program and we were, um, I met this woman and who ended up becoming my mentor for about nine years and she saw something in me. She was having a hard time and I, and I sat with her and I, um, and I asked her a few questions and I supported her and then we became friends and I started kind of friend coaching her and I had already done a two-year diploma in coaching and, and other things. And she just saw me. She was like, you are so gifted. You're an interpersonal genius. And I was like, Oh, what? I'm a genius at something. Like all of a sudden this, what, like being in the right place, my soul and spirit and life led me to this place to go study a little bit deeper. And, Mm -hmm. and I believe I was led there for her and for like, I mean, so much came from that year and that experience. And so I worked with her for many years and she just kept seeing me and kept seeing me and, and kept reflecting what I could not see. And and so eventually I got to a point and I was learning about my human design and being a projector. She was a projector. So she's the one who taught me about human design and realizing how different I am than everyone else in the world and how unique and special I am. And that just helped me like human design and astrology really, really helped me love myself. Cause I was like, Whoa, cool. I'm supposed to be this way. I always thought I was supposed to be like her or like her, but I, this is how I'm designed. Mm-hmm. And also it showed me what was possible, all the things that were shut down in me that I was going to step into if I kept on this path. So it was a combination of those things. Mm-hmm. And once I started having those experiences, I started realizing what friendships didn't feel good and like what friends didn't see me and they saw who I was, but they didn't see who I was growing into and what Mm. relationships were not aligned. And then I got courageous and was able to let go and like really reclaim every facet of my life so that it aligned to feeling good. So yeah, I mean, there's so much more for all of us. Like there's so many pieces to it, but it's, yeah, it's every day choosing to feed myself, to nourish myself. And that, you know, keeps Mm. contributing to feeling more and more and more worthy because our worth, I believe, you know, it's like this beautiful gem that lives inside of us, our essence, who we were when we were little, like that doesn't go away. It just gets covered up. So, you know, all of these different tools and like when you have your awakening and you start committing to the path of getting to know your own soul, you just keep getting to come back to that beautiful gem inside of you that that is untouchable it's always Mm. there we don't lose it It, i I always hear women say you know oh i've got to like figure out how to get worth or how to get my purpose or how to get but it's like it's all inside of you so go Mm -hmm. come home you know it's Mm -hmm. it's there so beautiful oh blair this has been so extraordinary and i just love i mean we set this invocation before we hit record and it feels like we just totally took all of our listeners into a portal (laughs) A, a portal of remembrance and i am so unbelievably grateful for you and i can't wait to be live in the new truth movement facebook group so women can get to chat with you and be introduced to your work and i'd love to give you the space to share where you'd like women to come find you you know 
know, what, what gift you're offering them and, and just really thank you so much for your time today. Mm, thank you so much for having me. This was a really delightful experience and, um, ah, so many things I want to say. I'm just really <laughs> acknowledging the beauty and the, and the genius that both of you bring through. I'm really feeling that and feeling really special to be on this um, cyber couch. <laughs> <We're being both. laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you so much. Um, to anybody listening who was sparked by this conversation, wants to know more about the feminine, more about somatic work, um, feminine leadership, I recommend connecting with me on Instagram. That's a little bit better than Facebook, but either, either work. Um, and I also have a course, a seven day free course called the pleasure path. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Oh, and, and I want to preface it by saying again, this word pleasure can mean a lot of different things. This is such a gentle, gentle, titrated introduction to somatic work. And, um, it's really good for anyone um, who's curious about pleasure, who wants to incorporate more of it into their life, who wants um, practical tools to orient to pleasure, experience more of it in the day-to-day. Um, it's very digestible. So I, I invite everybody to go take a peek and sign up if it's appealing. Mm. And that link will be posted in the notes and in the Facebook group. We'll make sure it's there. And I, I do have to make a plug for that because it was so healing for me. And it was the best gift because it wasn't asking my body to go from numb and, and feeling good feels like so far away, 100 miles an hour. Like the seven day practice took me from zero to five to 10 to 15 to building my tolerance for feeling good. And, and often when I'm, you know, with clients who've only known painful relationships, that's the path, right? We create more capacity for feeling good in small digestible ways. And you did that for me. The pleasure path course did that for me. And I love that. That's what you're going to offer and share for all of our listeners. And so Kate, you're the best. I love that we get to do this together and and get to talk to the most remarkable women together. Like, what is my life? What is my life? Every day. Let's do this. Oh, wait, we are. Not every day, but you're like, this feels like for me, it doesn't. I want more. There's the puppies. (laughs) Perfect timing. Perfect timing. And so thank you, Blair. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on so fun. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the New Truth Podcast. You are a woman first. Throw away the fairy tale story so that you can have the real thing and a life that you freaking love. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and share it with all of the amazing women in your life who need to hear this message. And it's all women. Every woman. <laughs> like every woman you know. Share it with your grandma. You can find us on Instagram at The New Truth Podcast and our website, thenewtruthpodcast.com. Sign up to receive your free gift from us. The three major myths about love keeping you settling, sacrificing, and sabotaging your relationships. Go get it while it's hot. Get it. Stay tuned for our next episode. See you soon. See you soon.